Hey, shippers, today we end our Akatar series. Yep, it's going to be a combo episode talking about the future of many, many couples to come. Do we ship these Akatar couples? Listen to find out. How we doing, shippers? I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, where Steph and I and our occasional guests gab and gossip about our favorite and not so favorite ships of all time okay so welcome to we ship it we are rounding out our aquatar series with sort of a what's next type episode Mm-hmm. that's right as i mentioned in a previous episode i didn't realize when choosing this series <laughs> that it wasn't complete i saw a box set and i was like he was excited about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is popular we love this thing um so this kind of opens us up to a unique episode this time around um, where we get to look at what's to come in this series mm-hmm. and talk about um, character development and also just other ships that might arise. Yes, we're definitely speculating this time around. So if anyone mm-hmm. gets mad about our opinions and feelings, let us know. But we're not <laughs> experts about this because it's not over yet. So disclaimer. Um, but anyway, we will be talking about, you guessed it, Elaine, Lucian, Asriel, Eris. I never say that right, Eris, uh, and more. So I'm not really sure what's to come, but that's what we're here to talk through. That's right. And today we are joined by the House of Wind Book Club. Welcome, gals. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Amber and Hannah are the hosts of the House of Wind Book Club and Alcatar Recap Podcast. Both of them rekindled their love. Sorry, there was like <laughs> their noise love. in the background. <laughs> both of them re- yes, <laughs> they both rekindled love. Both of them rekindled their love for reading with the Alcatar series and became so obsessed with the series that they decided to create a podcast for people who also can't stop thinking about anything and everything SJM related. <laughs> welcome, 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 ladies. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> you and having us on here. We're really excited. <laughs> yeah, we love any excuse to talk about Akatar, obviously. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're so excited to hear from you both um, and hear your thoughts on the future of Akatar. But before we get started, let's do our random question of the week. So, oh boy, drum roll, drum roll please. Amen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So, which film have you watched the most times in your life? Oh, oh. I know mine already. It's Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> Is it bad that I know okay. Amber's more than I know mine? I think. <laughs> <laughs> now you give us Amber's then, and we'll see if it's right. Ooh. Amber's gonna say Moulin Rouge. Is that right? <laughs> it's okay. Honestly, Moulin Rouge is tied with Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That is awesome. the third one. Wow. Okay. All right. It's my favorite one. Love it. That is good. Hannah, what's yours? Mine is probably, and I'm gonna be very specific because people feel very strongly about this, so I might also get hate about this. Uh, the 2004 version of Pride and Prejudice is probably my number one watched film. You're talking, I watch that's it. That's the Kira Knightley one, right? Yeah, yeah. Me people too. feel very strongly. I love that version. I watch it probably like once a month. Hand flex Me and too. all. Oh, hand flex <laughs> for life. <laughs> that, was, that was Jane's first movie. 
When she was born, her first movie was Pride of Prejudice. Get out. Yeah. Oh, what a cultured baby. Of course. And she's also yes. named after I'm sure she understood every word of that movie. Totally. 100%. <laughs> but yeah. um, I feel like I don't really have a whole lot of favorite movies but i feel like one that i've watched several times um out of habit not necessarily or because it was on is probably um sorcerer stone the first one. Sorcerer stone. I, I, yeah uh-huh. i feel like it's just it's a common one that like is always on and like oh yeah let's let's watch it let's throw it on the background while i'm doing something else so for sure um it's just a classic so it's so comfortable i also just finished reading or audiobooking um tom felton's um, how was it Tom Felton's memoir. It was really good. Yeah. Does I he narrate it? it? Yeah. He does. And it's amazing. <gasps> Downloading instantly. <laughs> oh. oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Immediately, yes. Yeah. Yes. Immediately, yes. Yeah. That it was really so interesting great. and very, very mind blowing. I'm also nice. preparing cool. myself to start watching the Harry Potter series again because of all the fun Christmas scenes. Obviously. Yes. Always. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> Your Christmas class, unknown cl- Christmas classic. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> um, okay. But let's dive into Akatar now. Uh, be warned, there are spoilers ahead. So as you all know by now, we're not afraid of spoilers on this podcast. And we're mm-hmm. going to talk about them all. So sorry. Yeah. Caution. And there's no way to do a summary for this episode because of how broad this is broad. going to yes. go. Um, we're talking about lots of characters we're talking about an entire series that I am would not, not even trying be to summarize possible to because you all up. tell me how wrong I am if I attempt this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to skip that yes. and just jump right into our questions today or uh, uh, more statements yeah. rather than questions <laughs> These are yes. deal. discussion points discussion. <laughs> yeah. discussion points. Well, so let's hop right in with like the probably the most prominent question that's on everyone's mind um, so let's talk about Elaine do we want, you know, Lucian, Asriel, someone else, Elaine by herself? What are our thoughts? Or not just want, but what do we think is going to happen? Kind of both. We have gone back and forth on this. Have you? So many times. Mm-hmm. Um, we, ha- we have a pretty strong, like, direction but we have we have talked about all the possibilities between our podcast we also have like a we have a patreon yeah and Mm. so we kind of discuss things a little bit deeper there and we've we've gone down a rabbit hole there but oh really long story short we're in the lucian boat really we're team lucian okay we sure are now why is that reasoning (laughs) do you want to go or do you want me to go (laughs) go for it you go for it (laughs) Uh, I think overall, just because we learned so much about Lucian and like his first love and his story is so heartbreaking. And I think it would just be really beautiful for him to actually end up with someone who is his mate. But we have talked about the possibility of being okay with Asriel being a part of Elaine's journey relationship wise. Yeah. <laughs> <Wink>. <laughs> you know, maybe opening her you up know. a little. Uh, but other than that, I just, yeah, Lucian, I just feel like he's very loyal. And with Elaine, I feel like he would just be a really good match for her. Mm-hmm. Just like personality and, wise, you mean? Yeah. And I think. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I think as would be as well. I think that's kind of the the beauty of this trifecta is there's no wrong answer, right? Right, <laughs> um, no. And 
it's just really interesting kind of thinking about Az's other options. I think that's why we get mm, on the Lucian Because he has boat. other options versus Lucian just having one. <laughs> Poor Lucian. Poor Lucian. Uh, <laughs> oh. but Lucian he, is a great guy. Poor guy. He has flaws. He is, but poor he guy. He has flaws, but he is a great dude. Yeah, we Agreed. spent, I feel like we spent a lot of time, like when we were rereading these books for doing our podcast, mm-hmm. when we were going through the first book, we had to spend a lot of time with like giving so much grace to Tamlin that we kind of like shit on Lucian a lot during like <laughs> the second book especially. And he does, he deserves some of the, you know, the hate that he gets in terms of he did do Farah a little bit dirty with you know, how he treated her throughout those books and just letting everything that happened with Tamlin happen. Um, but I think, especially like towards the end of the end of um, A Court of Wings and Ruin, it's very much like he's working on his relationship with Farah. He's working on becoming a better friend. And I think that that bodes well for him in a relationship future mm. that, you know, so. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't like his possessive nature. Of Elaine, but that's it's all of the Tamlin. <laughs> it's part of the mating experience. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I feel like that's just any. That's a lot of the males in SJM's universe, though. Honestly, mm-hmm. which there are things we do love about that, but there. <laughs> <laughs> but there are also things that, yeah, it's like you kind of have to give Elaine her space. So it is coming off. We're currently in Frost and Starlight on our podcast, and right. he is. He does come off a little desperate sometimes, yeah. so it is a little uncomfortable to read. He's very clingy. He He's is. clingy. Yeah. It's so hard, like a magical mating bond that's compelling but he you does, to. You know. He does try, which yeah. is also interesting to see. Like he he understands that. Okay, I'm coming on a bit too strong. I'm just so annoyed because I really love Lucian. Before we learn that he is mates with Elaine. Like, I love his story. I love how, like, his relationship with Feyre. Like, there are just some really strong key, like, points to his personality that I'm like, he would be a good partner to Elaine. But then he, like, gets weird when he finds out. And he, like, doesn't handle unwrapping the fact that they're mates very well. And I'm like, that does not. (laughs) And he just rolled out the cauldron, but. uh, (laughs) Yeah, hey, girl. How you doing? How you doing? He doesn't know what the hell's going on. And he's like, oh, hi, I'm in love with you. And for me... I can see that. Yeah, Yeah. for me, I really like Lucian as a guy. I just don't love... Like, they had a really weird start to their relationship. And I kind of wonder if Elaine is able, with the trauma she's been through, to, like, even go back. Like, to to any point of, like, okay, I'm I'm starting over with Lucian. (laughs) Which is why... Okay, I'm interested that you put Asriel here because there have just been a few moments between her and Asriel, so it's not like I don't think it's that official of a thing, but I'm intrigued by their relationship. I think it's cute. And they I have a very it. tender relationship. It is. It's very sweet. And there has to be, you know, the door is at least open because mm-hmm. especially in a court in, in Aquar when he gives truth teller his his dagger to her 
He's never given it to anyone else. Right. Obviously, like, obviously. Spicy. What? <laughs> 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 Is that oh what they're God. calling it these days? It's yeah. truth teller. <laughs> it's truth teller. <laughs> it's truth teller. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, no, we love it. <laughs> we love it. Um, but it's like, it, it has to mean something. And the fact that she's the one that actually used it to kill hibern like that Mm -hmm. i don't know sjm is so all about like foreshadowing Uh and putting in these little tidbits everywhere that has to mean something it always means something There's a little bit of grumpy sunshine with them and i love that like i love that the fact that he's like this moody guy and she's just like this little (laughs) innocent thing i'm like that's cute i feel like of the sisters elaine is the one that we know kind of the least amount like she has the least amount of character development in this sense Mm -hmm. and of our trio of guys from night court asriel also does not have like he has personality but he's not as he's not as fleshed out as some of the other characters so it's interesting to see these two outcasts of their core being pushed together which is really cool yeah um yeah, I agree. And but it would they're be both just very, too they're both clean very quiet, for the three of them to get together. Which doesn't make... Was that? It would be too clean for the three sisters to get with the three main guys. All right, <laughs> That's the part I don't like about shipping Elaine and Asriel. Yeah, yeah, it's like... It's too clean. And too also, nicely tied up. My biggest thing with Elaine and Asriel, Elaine feels like... She reminds me of Tamlin in the way where I think they both have the emotional maturity of like, a seven-year-old Max. That's, That's because you like, have the emotional <laughs> range of a teaspoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, where, like, Az is, like, so far even beyond his years, which mm-hmm. are numerous, mm-hmm. that mm. it, that's just, that's, I just feel like that's just chaos but waiting But him to going happen. into the camp for her? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. We read this recently, Devin, but Colonel Brandon and Marianne vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you bring Ew. that up, Steph? <laughs> you don't like Colonel Brandon? <laughs> I, I like, didn't really care like for that book in general. Which oh, no. It me off, but, you know. Well, it was care. kind of flat for me. <laughs> yeah. But. but but there's something you said earlier, Steph, where you were talking about uh, Lucian and how you liked him before he became Elaine's mate. I never thought about it like that before, and I I kind of agree with you in a sense of, like, I feel like when we meet Lucian in the first book, he's, like, he's sassy, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's quippy, and then, yeah, he's just kind of, um, as the kids would say, simping for Elaine at this point. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> it, instantly he's just, like, whatever you need, like... And I feel like where Asriel does always kind of have that quietness, like he, Asriel has been himself. He's never not himself. Yeah. So I can, I could see that, but yeah, but I still, I just want Lucian to be happy. I want yes. him to be yes. happy I so think bad. Both Asriel and Lucian have a great story mm-hmm. to themselves. <laughs> like Lucian being cast out by his family and, Azrael also has that kind of backstory esque to him mm-hmm. as well, um, that just make them prime <laughs> prime characters yeah. for for her to like be with. But aside from these two, do you see her with anyone else? So romantically, no. But we actually talked about how Elena's 
like our flower child, right? Yeah. Everything about her screams spring court. I think Ooh. it would be really interesting for part of Tamlin's redemption arc is for him and Elaine to just be good friends. Mm. I could see I, that. Mm-hmm. I just like she belongs in the spring court. Like mm-hmm. and I just She's all garden and Yes, and I feel life. like she could she could bring the garden and the life back to the spring court that mm-hmm. so desperately needs it. Which kind After of also Tamlin points to Lucian a little bit. Over. A little bit, yeah, yeah. maybe. But True. I think with Elaine, oh, yeah. like the difficulty with this question is that the two guys that might be of intrigue are both good guys. Like you were saying, Devin, there's not like one that's like that makes you mad or something. Um, and as far as Elaine goes, just looking at it a little bit more from her, like her point of view, I love that you brought that up about her being like so like would fit in so much at the spring court. Um, I think so, too. I think that that's like a trajectory. Like, that would be her path is probably heading that direction. But I also think Elaine needs to do some, like, deep internal work before she gets with anyone whatsoever. Because as we saw Nesta going through, and Nesta, Nesta, like, is a little bit more mature. Um, She needed to go through a whole processing thing situation before she could even admit (laughs) that she liked Cassian so I think Elaine first of all needs to acknowledge the fact that she's been through something and second of all needs to like I don't know she she just has a lot to process so I think I think that's why like she's putting up her wall solution because Mm -hmm. Elaine who's such like an innocent like doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings type girl has no problem hurting Lucian's feelings which leads me to believe that it's like trauma speaking and not really her um so i i do think she needs to do some work so i'm really torn i couldn't say lucian or asriel because she could just be acting this way towards lucian because of all that she's been through Mm -hmm. that's true Mm -hmm. i do feel like asriel at least would be a good friend for her in terms of like exploring her her darkness like exploring the darker things in her um because I feel like he has a lot more experience with that. So I am... Because I do think they're at least going to have a French... I mean, they're kind of already, like, friends. Yeah, yeah, So even if it's very platonic, like, I think it'll be a good journey of him kind of being, like, you know, it's okay to have, like, dark parts of you and, like, not yeah. be okay sometimes. Yeah. Uh, he definitely she's... has that protective nature of her, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I, He wants I... her to be safe and... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But I'm I'm still... Um, I'm Team Illusion, though. Team Lucian. Any yeah. baby boy Lucian to be happy. <laughs> you too, baby Devin. Boy. Are you Team Lucian? I don't know. I <laughs> neither of us can decide at this point. The beauty I is you don't have liked, to. Liked. Yeah, true. Yeah, I I like Lucian, but I feel like he's too desperate right now. Mm-hmm. He needs to step away and work on himself. So a lot of people need internal work. Everyone, every single character needs to step away and work on so themselves. So basically, that is therapy. Just a disclaimer for each of these questions. Yes. <laughs> Asriel, like, I, I, I just feel they're both really good. I Dang it. I don't know. I, know. I, have no, I have no answer. Well, at least we have a few Team Lucians here, and we <laughs> want to know what everyone else thinks, too, so let us know if you guys have thoughts. Um, but let's talk the more uh, controversial oh, no. question. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Say <Okay>. it <laughs> out loud. Hamlin. <laughs> so this guy, 
Tampon. Um, (laughs) Does he deserve a redemption arc? And will there be someone for him in the end? Okay. I want to start off this conversation with something that I realized a while ago that changed my entire perspective of reading literally everything. Okay. So we always have to remember what perspective we're reading from in all of the books, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're always either in first person and if it's in first person, it's Farah or very rarely Reese. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the entirety of the story is in third person. Some so, omniscient narrator. Right. So we don't get the full picture of anyone's lived experience other than Farah. Fair. So when we are in the lived experience of the person who has been abused by one other individual... Obviously, we're going to have a really horrible resentment, resentment and feelings and just general. Okay, I need to caveat with this. This was saying I'm not a Tamlin stan. I think he's (laughs) I think. Yeah, not my biggest cup of tea. But but, you know, we have to always understand that we're only seeing it from the perspective of people that have experienced really horrible things at his hands. I think if we got a perspective on Tamlin from, say, Lucian. I think our view of Tamlin would be much different. But think about our perspective at, on Reese when we first started. Think of our perspective on Nesta. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't change until we get a deeper dive into their mind, not just the people around them perceiving them into their actual headspace. And then we start forgiving them for them some of the atrocities, like with Reese and everything he did under the mountain. And forgiving is a strong word, but... Like, we start to understand, which changes mm-hmm. our perspective of how we view that person, because we can at least rationalize a little bit of the why. Anyway, yeah. long, long story <laughs> short. <laughs> yes. We are pro Tamlin redemption-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ish. Tell us we what. Won't, tell us why. We, we won't be, like, mad if he gets a redemption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it better be really good and it me- better come with a lot of emotional maturity and development yep. and apologies yeah and not just like <laughs> Lots of apologies. and not just like i'm sorry for what i did yeah i i want you to tell me exactly what you did how you're never going to do it again and what you've done to better yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> along the way you know yeah um, yeah i don't want it to come in the form of i'm going to sacrifice myself for you that doesn't give me any satisfaction. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked ahead, about Hannah. that before. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree with you, Amber. I I think it's easy. I don't know. We just always try really hard to do perspectives. There are things with Tamlin where we've gone through this reread and we're like, how is a Tamlin redemption arc going to happen? We don't know where it would where it would happen. It would be nice just because I do feel like Overall, he is a very isolated character in terms of, like, he literally only had, like, Lucian for the longest time. And so then he had Feyre. And so, I don't know. I think, like Amber said, it would have to be... We would have to get a very in-depth look at what was going on with him. And also, there are some things that are just, like, unexcusable that would be really hard. Because we talk about that with Reese, too, of, like, there are some things that we still don't like that Reese did. The Reese did, yeah. And and it's mm-hmm. like a hard to swallow. And so with Tamlin, I think, yeah, there's some stuff 
that is just like it's gonna be really hard to get over but if anyone could write it i believe sarah j moss could but it Mm. yeah it would have to be pretty darn good yeah i tend to agree like I obviously don't. We talked about this on our Farrah and Resand episode a little bit. Um, Tamlin is not meant for Farrah. I think that that's very clear. <laughs> no. um, that ship has sailed. Yes, but I yes. will say she did love him at one time. And I think that the reason that I am pro, pretty pro Tamlin redemption arc is because when he started acting like this after they went through like the craziest of crazy stuff. And and there was time under the mountain that he should have acted when he didn't. And I think that that's a little bit more like, what the heck were you doing this whole time? But afterwards, like, though his actions justifiably Farrah leaves and is like, I'm not going to be with you anymore because that was unacceptable, justifiably mm-hmm. speaking. Um, he also, in my opinion, went through just a lot of trauma that like, led him to just like grasp on to the one thing that he thought he needed to protect. And mm-hmm. so I would be in favor of getting him back in the good graces at least. Like mm-hmm. having him work through some stuff, I don't know, become a successful high lord again and then yeah. I don't know about like having a ship for him. I I think that this might is... go too far, but yeah. like he just needs something. This is almost like the question of is Snape good or bad? I know. Listen, people, don't get me started on that question. <laughs> Snape is my favorite. Snape is me my too. favorite character of all time. Uh, of all time. Okay, did either of you go to Borders when the books would come out or like a bookstore and do like a midnight? No. Okay. Uh, they used to give never out Borders, these stickers. But, ye- but yes, yes, to midnight releases. They yeah. gave out these stickers that you would choose is Snape good or bad before the seventh one came out? And I always had the Snape is good on He's my good. door. I, I just love had that to. man. But I yes, man. I agree. I love him too. Oh, but it's, it's almost like that same like concept here of like this person who is just misunderstood in some fashion mm-hmm. um, and acts out because of choices that were made for him because he feels like he has to make a choice that's forced upon him for his own protection, for the protection of his court, for the protection of his lady, not his lady, because he won't call her a high lady of his, uh, I don't know what to call it for him, but his, uh, pet. lover, pet, pets, pet, yeah. his arm candy. Okay. His arm candy. So, I like the guy in terms of he finally starts making after he makes the betrayal. Mm-hmm. He finally starts making choices for himself instead of making choices because he feels like he has to. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, um, his rescuing or aiding in the um, retrieval of Elaine. Mm-hmm. Like he made that choice to assist them. He could have otherwise. Um, so I don't know. I just, like, I think, you know, if we, if we were able to redeem Reese, because if that's what un- I go back from to. an unbiased perspective, obviously I'm very biased. Reese, I, I love me some Reese. <laughs> He's great. But if, if I, if I muster all my strength and I try to be unbiased, 
Reese did just as bad, if not, or like was forced to, whether or not it was of his own volition, did right. just as bad, if not worse, worse things, things to a lot of individuals, including Farah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can redeem him and love him with the vigor that we do, <laughs> I do believe that Tamlin at least has hope, or we shouldn't close the door to Tamlin at least getting a little bit of a redemption and being deserving of like friendship and you know having his spring court yeah be at least functional it's, it's <laughs> kind of the same concept of like what casting was doing with nesta is like keep reaching out in your hand and and trying to reconcile years and years of pent up um darkness in their hearts because of recent and tamlin's uh past and um I feel like even Tamlin and Lucian, don't they have like a little bit of beef too? Oh Am yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. Um, Tamlin and I don't, Lucian. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember why. Because Lucian, uh, when left the spring court and yeah, and he kind to of follow like, Elaine. Yeah. Mm. Which which yeah. came across looking like he had joined the night court. Correct. And Tamlin was butthurt about that. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, but I do think yes. overall, like. Because I'm also very passionate about Lucian is also someone who was abused by Tamlin. And that was also yes. a toxic relationship, too. Yes. And we yep. talk about that mm. a lot. Because I think, again, that just plays into Lucian's character more of, like, understanding him, too. But I think that Tamlin... He felt accepted there. And then even there, he was still treated poorly. Yeah. Or not, mm-hmm. not used to his potential. Yeah. It was, like, all the love he could get. I mean, like, he's not a part of his own court. And I think with Tamlin, everything he did even though we don't agree with most of it was from a place of loving Farah so much. And so I think sometimes yeah. we can uh, love people too much as I believe it was Reese that said, you yeah. know, it's, it can become suffocating. And so I think none of it was Tamlin being like, I'm going to like, like I'm going to wake up a Jew's violence today. Like he, yeah. you know, was like, <laughs> he's lost family members and then, and then he almost loses the other person he loves. And so, I mean, I can, like, see it. And we always try to, like, look at it, like Amber was saying, from different perspectives. So, do we love Tamlin right now? No. <laughs> do, no. Do we hope for growth? Especially for the spring court. I mean, they deserve they someone kind and, and, and competent leading them. And so, I do hope. Do you think Lucian will assume the role of uh, High King of Spring Court? I, it's hard because of who his his real dad is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. His real daddy. His real, yeah, his baby daddy. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think I was telling Amber that um, actually it would be cool because when there's like that moment where Farah goes into Elaine's mind and it's like the budding, the roses and the mm-hmm. like the pretty gates and it just felt like we were saying the spring court and maybe, yeah, maybe Tamlin does go off on his own journey of growth and he kind of does that on his own and then Lucian does step in to assume that. I mean, I feel... Which would then allow Elaine into the High Lady of Spring Court. Right. I wouldn't hate that. I I wouldn't hate that. (laughs) You know, it's a story I could get behind. (laughs) (laughs) I could support that. I could support that. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Let's talk Amryn and Varian. Do we have any thoughts here? I, 
Yes. Absolutely, yes. We love them. We love love everything. Amber's vibing off of this. We love them. Amber is great. Amber, she's so spicy. Like in her in her her. own little small look, like childlike self. She's she's fire. Mm -hmm. She's feisty little thing. I love everything about Amarin. Uh and Variant. They're just and they're perfect for each other. They're such a weird it's such a weird would... mix. It's, a, it's, si- so it's a, such a side side ship that it doesn't yeah. necessarily super matter, but like, oh. it matters. It's huge. It's, Are you kidding? It's like, oh, oh my god, she she's offended, Devin. The moment <laughs> the moment that Varian walks into that tent and picks her up and just starts macking on her and carrying her out, I'm like, that is yeah. that is such a mm, aspire Has- to that level of in my character is like yes, the, yeah. that is what I want to see. Has Amarin had this before? Do we know? Is this like her first like real relationship? I don't think so. Not from what we know. We this is it because we don't know too much about Amarin's mm-hmm. past. That um, I'd be interested in. I think we're gonna learn a lot about Amarin in the coming books. <laughs> is all I'm, I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I think she's, you know, one of the individuals that when we're talking about crossovers between the SJM universes. I think mm-hmm. she's going to play a role slash we'll maybe just learn a significant amount about her and question mark other people like her or other mm-hmm. beings like her. Mm-hmm. So that's we'll see. exciting. See, that's what I'm looking forward to. Just like looking ahead even more than Amron and Varian because I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to learning more about her because she's got a lot to unpack. So that'll yeah. be fun. So- some people are disappointed that she didn't die in Akawar. <laughs> do you have similar? Do, do you have similar thoughts? I'm not disappointed that she didn't die. I will say, and I think I don't know if Amber and I have different opinions on this or not. So I'm just I'm just speaking for myself. But um, mm-hmm. I do feel like some of the books we read as children really. Um, like changed our perspective of reading in terms of like <clears throat> you don't make it through Harry Potter unscathed, right? Like you lose right. someone, <laughs> someone lost a character that they loved deeply. You sobbed yeah. at some point, and and in all three of the you know series of Sarah J. Moss, I just feel like overall the stakes. Like we get to that point, it's like in Akawar. Like the not that I, high. yeah, like not yeah. that I wanted Reese to die, but it was like, oh my god, Reese is dead. Wait, he's alive. Okay, and then it's just like I feel like we go through these huge battles, and I'm like, how yeah. have we not lost like a someone, a core person yet? And everyone theorizes that it's going to be my favorite, Cassian, which makes me really. I was going to say, Hannah, you better <gasps> stop talking. I know, Ooh, but I can't. But I can't what you wish for. But I can't be a hypocrite. I have to stick true to my guns with this. Like there has yeah. to be. When you're that's writing, like, did you guys read Six of Crows? Yep. Yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. when you when you mentioned that I was like, don't you even? Don't you dare! <laughs> don't you bring up Met- Matthias? Matthias, <laughs> that absolutely ruined. I texted Amber and I was like, "You're gonna know when you get to the part. Just let me know." And I was like, "I'm I can't carry on. I'm not okay." They were my favorite couple. I. 
They were Devons, too. I'm still unwell about yes, that. Yes, they, they are the best. They're I'm one sorry, of the best I, I'm couples. I'm sorry I broke it into your consciousness and, like, train your change change your nope. change your tra- train of thought but like but here that we was... are <laughs> oh my god our, our oh podcast is nothing but tangent so sorry if we do influence <laughs> that in any way on this episode but yeah that was um who that was that was unexpected and unnecessary <laughs> my, oh, yeah. thing, <laughs> my thing with amrin is i don't want her to die because i like her but mm-hmm. i tend to agree that it doesn't seem very realistic that they all made it out alive. And there's I'll, too many nightly, t- night, nicely tied bows. Yeah. So I'm gonna <laughs> pose this to you guys because it seems irrelevant, but it's kind of relevant because I, I thought of this in the last conversation we had. If they're just going around reviving people all the time, like Reese, like Farah, like all these people, they brought Amron back. Why didn't somebody revive Farah's dad? <laughs> 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 Papa Archeron. Like, it doesn't seem about that. It doesn't Papa seem Devin's evil laugh. I know. It doesn't seem like it it takes anything from them to revive people. So that's it, that's my thing. Good is point. if we're gonna be wrapping it up in such a tight like a tidy bow, like Don't let go, Jack. Don't let go. Yeah, like Just maybe there was room on the headboard I, for Jack. Like, <laughs> There's room in the world for Papa. Yep. Yes. Archer. Sorry, I, I won't I won't do that anymore. I will say, like I, I totally agree with that, but I will say I do not think future books are going to be as forgiving i i really i think the next book that comes out is going to be tragic (laughs) here we go i I agree yeah i i think i really think it is i think crescent city three talking yeah you're talking about crescent city i'm talking talking crescent city three Oh, I, there's so much to read. Read it all. <laughs> yes. I'm serious. Read it all. Yes. Because I I just finished rereading Crescent City 1, and now I'm rereading Throne of Glass because I want to reread. Your opinion. Should I read Throne of Glass first before Crescent City or? Oh. Um. Like in order to yes. stay involved in this story. Yes. I, yeah, I would also say yes. Um, to, read, to read all of. Throne of Glass first, and then get into Crescent City. Yes, because there's just little, That's there's so little tits. Com- so much commitment, guys. Um, you can do it. I guess. I guess it depends how involved do you want to understand the crossovers between the universe? Because the universe. I want it all. Okay, then read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read, read Throne of Glass first because there's right. there's like a very substantial like thing. I guess a couple of things or like situations slash individuals that at least Hannah and I have theories about this individual is in other series that they just go under different Different names names. in the other series. Mm. Um, So we have like big theories about who these individuals are, who they're going to be revealed to be. Ah. And Mm. just like the general plot line of how the universes will inevitably crossover is kind of developed we've got kind of developed in throne of glass it's like the foundation of it you get the most information about the why in throne of glass we've got a lot to read fine yeah at least throne of glass is a complete series that we could eventually like talk about i would recommend reading it in the romantic order there's different ways to read it romantic order yep what does that mean it's just, there's two different ways. There's like a chronological order and then a romantic order. Um, oh. And so okay. it's just like a different order that you read the books. 
And so if you just Google like romantic order to read Throne of Glass, it'll give it, it'll show <laughs> I you love that. this. I love yeah. that. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's like how you watch Star Wars. In a sense. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly what it is. It's very nerd culture, and I live for that. That's great. Get ready, Devin. More to obsess over. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, anything else about Amran and Varian? The blood rubies, though. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Casual that, paperweight. I yeah. love that. Casual yeah. paperweight. She's so cutthroat. She's so. Uh, I love that. I, I like. I. It. I don't even have any. There's no shipping because in my mind, it's canon. They're together it's forever. There. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> deal. All right. Let's talk about the Morgan. Um, what about her personal journey? What do we see happening with her? And are there any future ships involved there? I'm sure there are. Just going to say it. You might have more. You guys might have more than we know about it. I don't know. But as far as more, I love more. I just love her. And another one that I want to know more about. <laughs> more, more. Yeah. More, more. We more. always say that. More, more. <laughs> yeah. There'll never be enough we, more. We love more. We have mm-hmm. like a, out of all everyone in this entire series, she is the one that we probably have the most respect for mm-hmm. mm. um she just has the most horrific story yeah to begin yes. with but she's still just this beautiful ray of sunshine i know she is always just a good friend she's a stellar it's just everything about her is wonderful and the one yep. thing that people tend to get on her about is like leading as on but again we have a very good rationale for why she does that and so yeah. i don't even count that in her in like a fault category because her reasons are valid and i i don't look down at her for that or i don't you know see any problem with her i mean it's not great but it doesn't outweigh all of the amazing things that more does and just how wonderful she is Mm -hmm. yeah i I just admire how i just think she's a, a beautiful character like like you said she's gone through so much and to be She's just like a ray of like sunshine and to have gone through all that and still be positive and see the world with light and, you know, possibility is, I just think. And wanting to explore that too. Yeah. Yeah, Without having that, but it's not like toxic positivity. It's not, Mm -hmm. I'm positive just to be positive all the time. It's like, she's realistically positive about life in general. Mm -hmm. She's very hopeful, I feel. Yes. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. It just, it really eats me up her past. Like, I, that's, it's just very, very deep cuts. Very And the fact that we don't know the whole story also Mm -hmm. kind of like, he's getting under me, my Mm -hmm. skin too. I'm like, I want to know. Give me more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we we all just need more and more. We we do. need more and more. And we, we need, oh, go ahead, Amber. Go ahead. (laughs) No, you go. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> Obviously, our ship for more is Emery. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that mm. is, to me, that is also like, they haven't even, like, they like barely talked, but they're endgame for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it for say. I feel like they do have very good, like, chemistry in general in terms of their personalities, I feel like would mesh very well. And they both have kind of similar traumatic Stories, backstories. Yeah. yeah and, just because I think sometimes it's hard if you have a partner that just doesn't 
understand that at all you mm-hmm. know that that might be hard for both of them so i do think it's cool that they yeah could both really truly like empathize with one another and i think that would shape their relationship really well but yeah i love i love the idea of more and emery and i really do hope that they're we get like more of their story like like i want every second of their story yeah, like a whole book one at all <laughs> yes yeah. Can you provide me more insight in terms of what Moore's power is? Can you refresh me? We talk about this all the time. <laughs> well, her power is is like the power of truth, right? Right. So mm-hmm. that's what we've been talking about. Is like it's never really explicitly like clarified. She, Explained, yeah. Yeah. Like, can she compel the truth? Can she just look at a situation with like truth X-ray vision and see like? <laughs> The lens of truth. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, this person is clearly lying or I don't know. Yeah, it's never. Not a whole... I just want to make sure it wasn't just me that was like, I no. don't understand. She has a power, but I don't. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Morgan. Blah, 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 blah. Like, yes, I wasn't sure. It's very how vague. To read it. It's okay, fair enough. And probably intentionally vague, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So. I would it's assume come so up, as well. Yes. Um. But yes, I'm really excited to see where she goes from here and her growth. Um, I am disappointed that we don't get as much of her in Silver Flames. Right, me too. As yes. what we've had in the past. Um, I Understandably so, but I wish we had more of her. Yeah. Because we get that little bit of, it, of like hinting of potential growth and stuff in um, Star... What's the first part of Starlight? Frost and Starlight. Frost oh, and Starlight. Yeah, we get yeah. that little bit of like something's happening with her. She's gonna she's gonna do stuff, but then like nothing in the next mm-hmm. one, or like just little mentionings of her versus like yes, and especially like the entire growth of like her coming out to Farah and then her mm-hmm. like in Farah kind of building the foundation of the trust that they have for each other in their friendship. It like opens the door for all this growth to happen, and I I agree with you. It kind of misses the mark a little bit mm-hmm. in frost yeah. and starlight and silver flames so mm-hmm. yep. hopefully hopefully we pick back up where we left off there i know there are so many characters in this i know one one series to let alone combine them all i can't into... even remember half of the things that happen to half the people but <sighs> so let's let's jump into i hate this guy and just tell me why i shouldn't because i feel like i'm missing something but okay so <laughs> eris Let's talk about Eris. His future. Does he have a ship? What are we thinking? Eris is Reese 2.0. Yes. <laughs> Reese 2.0. Yes. Seriously. This is what everyone has said. What did I miss? What did I miss? I feel like I missed something big. So <laughs> you're like, we we just think it's gonna happen. Or is it in the books, the other books that we haven't read yet? Uh no. No. Okay. If you've read through Silver Flames, you know just as much as we do. I think okay. Again, it all comes down to perspective. And so we just, we actually just uh, finished, well, part of what we talked about recently on ours was like the whole, where more like remembers Mm -hmm. um, like everything that happened. And so I think a lot of it comes down to Eris. Eris is in the Autumn Court as well. We know that the Autumn Court is filled with his brothers who are all cutthroat. We know that... Eris could have played a role in um, like harming Lucian and he didn't. He actually 
I'm pretty sure he helped. Didn't he help Lucian get out? He helped. Yes. He helped Lucian get out and was like severely punished by his father. Yes. Huh. And he didn't For know. It. And I don't think. Did he know that they were going to do that to Lucian's um, no. partner? He either? wasn't. Wife? So Eris. Yep. Or, Eris yeah, was I'm not. Sorry. Wife is not a real term in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The world. Yeah. So Eris wasn't there when they did those horrible things to Lucian's partner. He had no idea that it was happening. He wasn't there. They made sure to do it when he wasn't there. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously, that has to be for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in Frost and Starlight, we were actually just talking about how Hannah, like Hannah was starting to say when we went back into Moore's kind of flashback. Of oh, yes. When she was like, basically mutilated. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't by him and his men he he was the one that found her and he went up to her and he asked i can't remember the exact quote but something along the lines of you don't want to be here do you like do you want to be in the autumn court and she said no and he said okay leave her Mm. and we we have an inkling that he left her there because he thought that was the only reason that she would have ever actually gotten out Again, purely speculation. There's nothing mm-hmm. really to back that up. Um, right. But just based on, like, previous experiences that Hannah was just describing, like, it, it would add up. It would. It, it would I feel it would like he up. has the intentions to be a good guy, but just makes bad choices. And mm-hmm. he's also, like, kind of an arrogant ass. Like, he is. <laughs> like, he sucks. And he wants, she, SJM wants us to hate him. Yeah, and yeah. I never trust her when she <laughs> makes us hate someone like yeah. that. <laughs> because right now you like should Draco Malfoy. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, right now you should. Right. Like he, he has he has done nothing that we can see. Right. Like obviously we don't agree with like when you look at it from just the perspective of he left her there to like bleed out and like you know you see that, but then when you have read, I feel like your brain just gets trained like when you've read SJM. For so long that you're just like okay but wait and and that is the <laughs> same way we felt about reese all of these these characters that are in i just think could eris be in survival mode and he's trying mm. to <clears throat> overthrow his father so again we can make changes for good in this court and you know he's trying to outlive all these all his brothers who are probably also plotting his demise as well. Yeah. And so it, it's kind of like a game of thronesy, like, yes. you know, everyone's plotting to kill each other and that sort of thing. You so I just have to make it through the question yeah. that comes to my mind always with characters like Eris and characters like Reese is that classic. Does the end justify the means? I don't know. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. like I, I, I'm not gonna say either way because one, I don't know what the heck's gonna happen with Eris. But with Reese, we pretty much know like the reasoning behind he did a lot, what, why he did a lot of things he did. But you still just gotta wonder. Like, I, I think you can probably make a pretty big claim after reading this that at least they're trying to portray that the end justifies the means for a lot of these characters. But I just, I don't know if I buy that. So that's why with mm-hmm. Eris's character, leaving someone there like that, I don't know if that's even like excusable in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the full story, but you know. so in again, going back to perspective, mm-hmm. yes. the, the, end, the end justifies the means. Imagine if you're sitting in the shoes of Claire Better's parents. Does the yeah. end justify the means when you're talking about Reese? 
Mm. No. No. It no. doesn't. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying is like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it never will. It mm-hmm. never, ever, He's ever will. He's done some monstrous same things. With, same with like the fairies that Farah had to kill in like Ugh. the third trial. Mm-hmm. Their families, does the end justify the means? And you, you like, you forget these things because you get wrapped up in like the Reese and Farah uh-huh. and everything. Exactly. And you're like, no, but like, these are like crimes of war that are happening. Yes. And that's again, like, from the big picture, when it comes any of them, Ferris decisions, Reese's decisions, Eris's decisions, we're making war decisions. Like, yeah. we're trying to pick the lesser of two evils, and neither option is a good one. No. Yeah. Right? Like, in a perfect world, yeah, you just don't do that, and we all mm-hmm. live happily ever after. But, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not that right. simple. And so, I just think with Eris, when you take that perspective, it's easy to see a redemption arc or to see a rationale behind why... It's just an easy entry for SJM to make some sort of something mm-hmm. something out of it. Yeah, I feel like there's room there is room for her to write a way where that would work. I think more so it, it'd be easier for me to I think swallow a redemption arc for him than Tamlin, I think. Just Tamlin. because we know we lived Tamlin, we breathed Tamlin. We were all hurt by Tamlin too. Yep. So, you know, like yeah. We have Tamlin trauma also. And so yep. I think... I think TT. Tamlin trauma. But it's so... I think, again, like, there's so many, uh, like, ways you could think about it. He left her there. Did he send secret word for the Bat Boys mm-hmm. to come save her? Did he... Yeah, like, did he leave her there so that her his father didn't know she was there? I mean, there's yeah. so many ways where it can come off. And again, right now... Yeah, no, I'm not happy with with what happened in that situation. But I think I have a lot of fun in the speculation and the um, learning to love these the the grayness and like, hmm, where could this go? Mostly because we have we have some thoughts about Eris with another character, and that is probably <laughs> that's probably why we're so passionate about the Eris. Redemption. <laughs> we have a we have a strong crack ship here. What is it? <laughs> oh, tell and me. And this this just comes from a desire to want this to happen. There's literally no nothing, indication, yeah. nothing There's at not. all whatsoever. It's just extremely intriguing. Are you gonna say it? Are you afraid? I don't know. I'm not afraid. I, uh, <laughs> as as an heiress, I am. Here for it. Interesting. Wow. We are very fascinated. Like a brainchild, you're just like, there's nothing here with this so far. But did we like find it? I think we like saw fan art on Mm. honestly, and we were like, all all it was. What? (laughs) That's That's hilarious. That's a great thought because there's so many um, artists out there that do crack ships where it's like this character and this character, and most of the time it's like "Eh." I'm like I don't really know how I feel about that, but (laughs) we saw Asriel and Eris, and we were like, but what if? It is the perfect enemies to lovers, people. Oh, yeah. They hate each other so much. And if Eris gets redeemed and we realize all the shit that he did to Moore wasn't as bad as we thought it was. This feels like the people that shipped Draco and Harry. I remember those days. (laughs) I remember the fan fiction depths. Oh, my God. I love it. It is very much... It's very similar to that. <laughs> but I, it's hard for me because I also, I 
I also ship as in Gwen, mostly mm-hmm. just because there's more like fodder there. But yeah. I love. I also there's just something about thinking about and I also have dabbled in reading some fanfic about it recently that a fan <laughs> sent us. Uh, it's opening your mind. It's really good. It's really good. So it's just like wow. an interest something interesting to think about. We like to play devil's advocate sometimes. That's great. This is not where I expected this episode to go. And I'm here for it. <laughs> We're here to keep you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> like to keep it interesting. Well, speaking of Gwen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Gwen <laughs> yeah. and Emery. Um, these are two characters that were introduced to us in Silver Flames. Um, we got a lot of great content with them. We, we missed out on more, but we met these other two ladies, and uh, their stories really unraveled in Silver Flames. So where do we see them heading next? The two are two of the trio of Valkyries. That's a really good question because I don't know. Like, what overall role do they play in the bigger picture? Because, like, I mean, I think everyone's kind of almost splitting off into groups, right? Of, like, Mm -hmm. we've got Lucian who's gone to hang with the Band of Exiles, Vasa, Jurian, you know, that gang. And then we've got the Inner Circle. And then now we've got Nesta and her buddies. So, yeah, I (laughs) I don't know what this means. Yeah, like I feel what like role to think to think about what it means. You would have to do a dive into who's our next big baddie going to be. Who are yes. we going to fight next? And mm-hmm. I have I'm I come up blank. I have no idea. So, it, I feel like it's it's going to be like an Avengers style. Like all these different groups <laughs> are going to like come Thanos. together. Yes, exactly, and mm-hmm. fight whoever our Thanos is. And I think the Valkyries in that fight are going to start like a Valkyrie army. I can't right? wait. And I think that the Illyrian war camps and Cassian trying so hard to get all of the women to train is going to partner beautifully with these three women. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we don't have some brute of a male trying to boss us around. We have these women who we can actually see are successful warriors. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now suddenly you have an actual army of Valkyries? Squeeze me? I, I know. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. And Literally. two. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say training montages with like Gwen and Nessa and yes. Emery. Like I would I would live for that. It's amazing. Literally, I just, I have no idea where they're going. I'm not even going to speculate. But I just want to say that I love them. I love this story. I just, I want to say I ship the friendship of Gwen, Emery, and Nesta. Absolutely. Ship it. Love it. There's healing that goes on there. Mm. Sealed. They're, it's beautiful. Yes. We were talking about this the other day and talking about preparing for doing Silver Flames because we're almost there. Mm-hmm. And there's just something so cool about, like like you were saying, the healing and just feminine friendship. Like that mm-hmm. just finding people later in life that love you for who you are and who have so many different experiences and can come together and work through things. I would love for them to also have within their training, like also doing almost like their like life coaching, you know, of just like mm-hmm. helping these women heal in the same way through friendship and just like physical 
you know, fitness almost of mm-hmm. right. you just punch a punching bag and talk to your friends and that's healing, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then like the three relationships that are coming from the three women as well. I mean, we already talked about as and Gwen, more and Emery, obviously Nesta and Cass. So, and just, yeah, getting more details and diving deeper into their relationships too. I'm, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Azrael has that same protective nature for Gwyn as well that he has for um, Elaine, mm-hmm. which is really interesting <clears throat> to see that he's pulled in these two different directions while also having feelings for more at the same time kind of deal. Yes. Yeah. I'm not convinced that his... I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced that his like feelings for more are anything more than that protective nature coming out to play, and it's just yeah. been there yeah. for so long that we're all convinced that it's this desperate love almost and i just Mm -hmm. that just doesn't match what we know of as other than the like loyalty that he has Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm i'm very interested to see how it all plays out yeah i feel like more is like a comfortable place for him it's like that it's like that relationship you could have you know it's like i could go back to that you know but i feel like it's just I think when they have their talk, like when Moore comes out to him and explains just where she's at and and why they can never be together in that way, I think I think it's going to help him a lot to realize. To kind of understand. Yeah, to kind of unpack that. And then I think I do feel like when comparing Emery or um, Gwen and Elaine, I do feel like he almost has more like admiration for Gwen and more. Mm-hmm. Whereas Elaine is just kind of like this helpless creature, you know, to She's protect. She's just a little baby. She's just a little mm-hmm. baby. She's a little thing. She's just gardening. <laughs> so, yeah, it just, uh, to me, I think it'd be more interesting for him to be with Gwen. I find her more compelling of a character at this point. I don't not like Elaine. I just find her quite bland right now. Yeah. Do I think she there's going to be more to her? I absolutely. Oh, yes. I think she's going to rock our world. SJM has already said like Asriel is going to his book is going to blow us away. Oh, so I he's. So I think he's going to end up being like everyone's favorite Bat Boy after his oh, book yeah. comes out. I think he's going to be great. I think his story is going to make everyone just break in half, and yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm <laughs> me ready too. to break. <laughs> break in me, half. SJM. Yeah. <laughs> Give me all the tears, and uh, yeah, Here I want I it all. Yeah. Break me. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, before we get into our comments, instead of a do we ship it question, since there's so much going on in this episode, uh, who is your biggest Akatar ship, made or to come? So it can be either one. I'll go first because yeah. my my favorite. You just mean like in general, like our favorite in couple general. or who you? Yeah, uh, Nest, Nesta and Cassian are my favorite. Wow, good. I'm so I glad. love them. I went into that book being like, oh my god, we have to read a book about Nesta, <laughs> and then I like started reading it and i was like oh god there are parts of me that i identify with this and i'm like oh no that's why i hate her so much but i just love their story i love i just love how patient cassian is with her i love their just like how it ends her like you know sacrifice with pharah and everything like that and i just think it was a, a beautiful story of healing uh and i just 
I Cassian's my favorite, so I guess I should like him he's and that stuff, but I just like them mm-hmm. together too by the end of that book. Yeah. He's great. Amber? Um, I think mine the one that I'm most excited for is more and Emery. I yeah. I'm really, really excited for them. I'm excited for the opportunity to just like diversify the love that is in Akatar. Um because I mean there's a little bit of that in Crescent City. Um but I just I think it's really, really important to have to have that and to show like that's real life. That's real life. Like <laughs> It's important to have that perspective, especially because we've already had more coming out. We need mm. to, like, I I just think it's really important that we get a lot of perspective on that as well. And I'm just really, really excited to see how that plays out and how SJM kind of writes their story. Mm-hmm. I feel super lame, but I'm going to say Farah and Resand. <laughs> Is that lame? lame? It's not because lame. <laughs> because I, Devin knows this, I just love the bad, boys. bad boy, like, <laughs> has been through some shit, and I, I love that she's a badass. She's not just this meek little thing. Like, they give each other what for, and I think it's great, and I, I just support give it so the much. Give them the shoe. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We, they're just their um, sarcasm with each other, and their, how they poke at each other and use humor is... Mm-hmm. is great this- i i love that and i mm-hmm. i would you know before kind of talking about these relationships i probably would have agreed with you there mm-hmm. because i've always loved them i feel like I'm, I'm shifting to as on the second reread i just i really love he's great as some great characters um, in this like it's yeah not even just yeah, the so main one mm-hmm. devin um i think I have a reaction to want to choose um, Favor and Resand because we've had so much time with, with them. them. But I really do like the development and the the clashing of darkness with Cassian and Nesta um, in terms of their healing process and how to overcome that and um, their process from enemies to best friends in bed <laughs> to, <laughs> to lovers and um they go through a lot together that in the same way that reese and um Feyre also go through a lot but in a much different sense um so i mean i i love all these couples um one that might be to come that i'm most interested in would be asriel and maybe what his relationship develops into who yep. that might turn into. I do also, I'm like, I'm a fan of Lucian as well to see what happens with that guy. So um, those would be the, the two future ones that I'm most interested in and in seeing how they play out for sure. Yep. Cool. <laughs> All right. So those are our thoughts, but what are yours? So we have a lot to say here. We have a lot of comments to go through. So bear with us. Um, you guys are amazing for sending these in. So let's Thanks, talk everybody. about them. Mm-hmm. Our first comment comes to us from Alex. And she says, one of my favorite characters. Thank you, Alex, for bringing Thank this up. You. Because I need to talk about this as well, is the Surreal. 
I love how it helps Feyre and appreciates her <laughs> kindness and returns that kindness in unexpected ways. It loves spilling the tea and I'm here for all of it. Feyre realizing it's one of the dreamers is so beautiful. I sob every time I reread the scene where the surreal dies. Honestly, it's I'm with strong. you there. Of all, like, <clears throat> I don't know why it didn't include a question about the surreal because bad give, Devin give, give the surreal the, the props <laughs> because like it's it's necessary. Yeah. No, thank you for bringing the surreal up because I feel like of the first time we met the surreal, I never expected to meet it again. Mm-hmm. And then we totally did. And it was just like very, very, it, she, it's not a she, it. They. they, they it's <laughs> we, a very important <laughs> character, nonetheless. I didn't expect yeah. to see the surreal again, and then we did. So it was kind of exciting. We're obsessed with Surrey. We have strong yeah. feelings. <laughs> obsessed. Honestly, I feel very strongly about all the monsters in the series. I, <laughs> you name it, I, I just love them all. The worm. Sure. Oh, all <laughs> sure, the, the Alaskan bullworm. Yeah. Yeah, the Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> the Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> it all. Nice reference. Uh, yes. It all started because we made that uh, reel where we we did uh, Farah and the Serial like dancing together, and so now that's like our uh, Farial is the ship yeah. for Farah uh, <laughs> and Suri besties. <laughs> That's yeah, so we have funny. a couple reels that obviously a lot of people love Surrey as well because yeah. our reels that have done the best in the past are all Surrey, Surrey. where I dress up as Surrey and Hannah's, you know, all dolled up in her gown and we're just like <laughs> messing around, being weird. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. People love it. And I love that the cereal has morphed into this like spill the tea and like the hot goss of Prithian. Yeah. It's just really, it's so entertaining. It, it is. shows you, it shows you the power of readers, the power of like our ability to just create these personas for these characters that aren't, it's not necessarily Canon, but it almost like turns into Canon because we all just associate, like we associate Suri with all of that. And we associate, like we've created this entire side of like Cassian and Braxis and their relationship mm. and like just like the general like fear that goes along with it but yep. we also like kind of make fun of Cass for it yeah 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 and to. it's just it's just hilarious it's it's cool mm. <laughs> that is great well thank you i think was that alex who brought that up thank you yep, alex um, okay, so our next comment comes from Patricia. She says, I just reread the whole series and I love Nesta and Cassian. Nesta's my favorite character. I've always enjoyed the enemies to lovers trope. My therapist believes it's because I want someone to love all of me and not just the good parts, but who knows? Nesting, is this Nesta and, Ca- yeah, Nesta and Cassian push each other's buttons and don't hold back and care so much for each other. Even when Nesta was hurtful, Cassian could still see could still see through it and loved her. They also can joke with each other and Cassian knows Nesta doesn't need saving and that she hates him. Devin, did you do these talk to text? Damn it. <laughs> I'm so <Damn>. sorry. <laughs> oh. Okay, we're going to keep going. Uh, they're both strong on their own, but stronger together. Also, after I reread, um, what does this mean, Devin? I'm deep L real. Uh, Elaine Elaine. and Azrael. Oh, okay. So it's literally a ship name. I was like, (laughs) what did you do? Okay, okay. So, but uh, also after the reread, I'm deep Elreal. I feel like they will end up together. 
Yes, I am so sorry. Yes, these are all voiced because they were so long. I was like, I can't spend time typing these up. So, oh, no. I love it. Um, thank you so much, Patricia, for sending that in. It's amazing. <laughs> yes, thank you, Patricia. Our next comment comes from Olivia, and she says, "Oh man, other than Faison, Cassian is probably my favorite character. I mean, obviously, we all love his rugged handsomeness. Yeah, um, I love his humor and banter he has with the rest of the inner court. I love his brotherly friendship with Recent As. I love his adorable friendship with Feyre." Hey, we need more good platonic relationships between men and women in books. Yes. Amen. Um, I love his devotion and loyalty he has for his brothers and found family. And honestly, I think we all love his skills and at battle. Sometimes violence is hot. Uh, he is also very patient and special with Nesta, but is also not afraid to speak his mind and have tough conversations with those he loves. I love getting his point of view in Silver Flames. Uh, now I need Azrael's point of view. We're all with Bridges. you on that. Bridge. We're all salivating, <laughs> Bridge, just Bridge, waiting. Bridge. I love. I also <laughs> like love the comment of just having more platonic, male female friendships. Like Hannah, I always talk to Hannah about this because, like, growing up, Hannah's like one of my only, like, female friends. I just like most of my friends are males, and I think it just should be more normalized. It's just not. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it needs to be written uh, written about more. I agree. And, and even like male, I think just now having this connection in my mind, uh, one of my other favorite characters is Aragorn. And I feel like Cassian embodies a lot of that like brotherly. Oh, I feel that vibe. Yeah. Just the, you know, that ability to, to be just touching your brother and like forehead to forehead and just mm. I feel like that especially for us as millennials I feel like that was kind of like oh no like you can't do that like when we were younger and then the older generation too but now I just feel like I like the idea of normalizing that of like men hugging each other and men like telling each other they love each other and it not mm-hmm. like being weird like why is that weird it should be I mean mm-hmm. these men in these books they fight next to each other and they're closer than honestly some lovers could be fights yes oh my gosh that's adorable i just i love it and then just yeah i i agree i think platonic it's great platonic any gender way it needs to happen yeah it doesn't all have to be romance some of the best relationships to read are friendships that's why okay. our favorite trope is found family. Found family. Love Amen. it. Oh, so Amen. good. Amen. Yep. Okay, so our next comment comes in from Sarah, and she says, Lucian and Elaine need to end up together. I am the biggest Lucian girly, but I want As to be happy. <laughs> I want Lucian to end up with Elaine, even so. I think it would be pointless for there to be two mates. Yeah, interesting. Which we did find out you can have two mates, just not at the same time. We did research on that last time, right, Devin? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yeah. Um, I would be fine if Az was with Gwyn, but I don't care too much who he ends up with. <laughs> <laughs> the end game is just yeah. Lucian and Lucian, 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 yeah. Lucian, Lucian. Evidently. Well, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and our final comment is a collaboration between two who kind of send in the same kind of... Uh, message uh in different terms but this is from at craft along and katie and they kind of together said eris azrael or lucian plus wink wink whatever like it just make it happen everybody together wow. <laughs> just <laughs> <Akatar>. <laughs> bop, bop. 
Spicy, spicy stuff. Throw them all, throw them all in a room. Yeah. Why choose? Why choose? <laughs> That's great. Good stuff. <laughs> Why choose? Love exactly. that. <laughs> that's when poor you Kaylin know. That's when you know. Oh, what is the what's the taco commercial? It's like poor Kaylin those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you get comments like that, you know those individuals are just like shoulder deep in fanfic. Yep. Mm. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, like their their entire perspective. And there's is nothing just, wrong with that. It's just like on this like fanfic, and they probably have so many different like perspectives and just like things that they've read about that makes me want to be in their brain and read all of that fanfic (laughs) (laughs) cool so before we end today i want to open the floor for amber hannah to talk about what's happening on their podcast so go ahead (laughs) yeah uh we this well i guess when this comes out a couple weeks ago we will have done a review of our thoughts on iron flame and we just started transitioning into mm. A Court of Frost and Starlight. So we do um, kind of three to f- anywhere from three to five chapters per episode where we really break down. We do a lot of um, theories connecting the entire multiverse of Mossness and uh, just getting into the nitty gritty details of um, like each uh, Akatar book. So we're we're currently in the Akatar series doing Frost and Starlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our, and that Iron Flame episode was just a one episode to yeah. talk about entire reactions, but otherwise as, as necessary. Uh, yes. Emergency <laughs> broadcast. Emergency <laughs> broadcast, exactly. But otherwise, like Hannah said, we do a really deep dive into into theories, into writing styles, kind of big picture wraparound thoughts of Akatar in particular, but we right. are in the future planning on going into Crescent City, you know, again, reactions when the third one comes out, but then also just a complete deep dive into those books as well. So mm-hmm. we also have a Patreon where we release videos once a month and we have like a little bit of a book club almost. Um, so yeah, we have lots of fun Akatar and SJM things. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> everyone fun. go give them a follow. That's so and you exciting. Have plenty of materials. Yes. About. Yes. <laughs> right. And we also dress up and we cosplay all that. Which is my favorite. <laughs> I was watching your reels the other day and I lost it. It's they're, it's they're ridiculous. But if it's you're fun. reading Aquatar right now, like go watch those reels. It just gives you a whole other additional thing to obsess over. Oh yeah. We love to make it silly sometimes. Yes. You have to. You have to. Oh yeah. Um, but as always, please rate and review if you've been listening. We would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. And a special thank you to House of Wind Podcast. Round of applause. Thank you <laughs> yes, for joining thank you guys us. So Thanks for having, for having us. us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, follow us and follow them on Instagram and reach out if you have any thoughts or would like to join us for an episode. You can also email us at weshbitpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. We love you, shippers. I believe everything happens for a reason. Whether it is decided by the mother or the cauldron or some sort of tapestry of fate, I don't know. I don't really care, but I'm grateful for it, whatever it is. Grateful that it brought you all into my life. See you next time. See you guys. Stay smutty. Bye.